Talking, 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 talking. Testing, testing, testing. Interrupting, interrupting. Yeah, woo, interrupting. Let's see how this goes. Well, today's topic is gigs, gigging, what it's really like and how do we do it? It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been a while. We're currently stuck in obviously the coronavirus uh, pandemic that's plaguing the world right now. So uh, the music industry is definitely not seeing many, if any, live shows at the moment. Take a side note to mention the whole drive-in gig thing. Oh yeah, I know, driving gigs. Like, Did you see the post with them on like the individual platforms? Little platforms, yeah. And some something, I, I read something about how every like area gets their own like mini fridge and like cool Sounds drinks Sounds way and better stuff. than being covered in sweat. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, who, who wouldn't really. want to be stood in a sweaty mosh pit banging their heads to their favourite songs? No, I gotta say, uh, I think it's a great idea, but um, I cannot wait to get back to live gigs. So yeah, gigging. Uh, what's it like to gig as a band? Why don't we talk about a gig in a fake venue called the White Lung in the north of the country? Okay, the White Lung. In the north of do the you know country. What I'm actually talking about. I, I actually do, but okay. I think we'll just keep it as the White Lung in the north of the country. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's let's not name actual places and things. No, I mean there are hundreds, thousands oh, of different thing, venues. There's a thing not to do. Don't slag off yes. people or places publicly or semi-privately. Oh, at all. Or let's at all. let's stick with the whole. If you don't have anything nice to say. Don't, Don't say, say anything. anything at all. Exactly. Yeah. Now, flipping that on its head. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah. what you're really here for is to hear us say bad things about the music industry. No, I'm joking. We're really not. What we're obviously trying to do is here kind of enlighten you as to how gigs really go when you're a band that is gigging. Um, so yes, at the White Lung, yeah, in th- the north of the country. <laughs> I think that's a good example to talk about because of the actual setup of the venue and the space available to musicians. Mm Because if you're just going to a gig to watch it, I don't think you necessarily think about the logistics of it for the band and the people performing that night. So taking that venue as an example, like, say... How long does it take to get there? Say say it takes, like, four hours to get to this venue. Yeah. Say you're the the headline band. Let's Mm -hmm. let's do it that way. Okay, so you've got, what, maybe, like, I don't know, maybe an hour-long set, 45 minutes to an hour. Let's let's say 45 minutes. 45 minutes. So you've got a 45-minute set. Let's say that it takes four hours to get there, and there's... The loading times. Five bands. Yeah, let's say it's, like, I don't know, loading at 5 p.m., 4.30, maybe? What time would doors be for a gig like this? Like, 7? 7 p.m. Yeah, roughly 7pm. So 7 so for those of you listening that don't understand what doors means, that's the time that you guys as gig goers get to enter the venue. So obviously as a band, we have to turn up hours beforehand because we have things like obviously loading in the gear is obviously the first thing, but then there's obviously, you know, setting up the gear and sound checking and then multiply that by potentially three to five times for all of the bands. Yeah, so if doors are at seven, and let's say we're the headline band, mm-hmm. we'd have to get there for about five o'clock. Yeah, at least. So at 4:30. least, maybe 4.30. Maybe 4.30 to load in for five. Sound engineers get in there at 
Five. <laughs> five minutes to seven? Five. <laughs> like, 5.30, let's say 5.30. 5.30, okay. Let's say there's a curfew, like a, not a curfew, like a noise restraint on the venue. You can't start making loud noises until a certain Half time. Past six, Half maybe. No, if doors are seven. Oh, I don't know, we've played six. weirder venues. Okay, so 6pm for, yeah, because like, because obviously noise. what you guys have to remember is some venues are in residential areas or some venues are in commercial areas where there are a lot of shops and what they don't want is obviously big loud noises banging off all the time, all hours of every day. Uh, so at a lot of venues there are actually, yes, like Kate says, noise and curfews. pubs that serve food for lunch. Yes. Like yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. So anyway, let's say that if we have to be there at 4.30, it's mm. going to take four hours to drive there and you always want to leave a little bit longer for traffic yeah because, traffic, especially because you know we stops. live in england <laughs> coffee stops <laughs> toilet stops so we would leave we would we would round ourselves up and leave at what like 11 yeah to half give 10 a, 11 definitely yeah. so let's say this is on a thursday mm-hmm. so we've all taken my favorite gig day <laughs> thursdays yay every everyone takes the day off work we yep. leave at, at 10 30 well we say we're going to leave at 10.30. We all get to the same place at 10.30 and load the van or cars. Yeah. And we set off. We get... There's no traffic. We get there slightly early, but we can't load in yet. So we have to park and then just either sit or wander around and stretch our legs for a bit. Mm-hmm. But we eventually get in. We we think, oh, yeah, this is great. There's no lift and it's all the way up the stairs. So Yay! <laughs> and headline bands, we provide the backline. Yes, so the headline band, the backline is normally const- constitutes, that's the correct word, right? Constitutes of the drum kit. However, when I say drum kit, I just mean the shells. So the actual drums uh, and the stands that they are on. However... Other bands have to bring their stool, their pedals, their snare drum, any extras basically that aren't just the shells. So those are classed as breakables. Breakables also includes uh, guitar heads. So yeah. so back so backline would yeah. provide. Let's say let's just keep it simple and say that we have to load absolutely everything you can think of <laughs> into the venue, and yeah. the other bands will be using some of that. Some of that we will just be using ourselves. But we get there. There's four band members. You take all of this up three flights of stairs because there's no lift and you eventually get into the room and it's pretty decent. You know, you've got a nice sort of sized stage with a nice space. There's a nice little area that you can put merch, which you don't always get. So that's instantly a bonus. That's great. And then to the side of the stage, there might be a little room that you can tuck boxes. Oh, oh, have I skipped that section? Oh, I'm really sorry. Okay, I'll be quiet then. (laughs) So obviously that's something you look for after you get in but for me when I'm getting into a venue when we've eventually got everything upstairs you start setting stuff up on stage so you set the kit up that would go on first that's Kate's job that's that's oh yeah that's me that's 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 you (laughs) because if we do it we do it wrong so Kate does that one yeah so get you get the kit on and you get your own stand symbols now everything set up sorry about the noise outside we have some uh... let's just cut I don't think it's going anywhere. What was I even saying? Okay, you get you get everything on stage, and then let's say it's a typical one that actually uses cabs because we Cause didn't. No, we didn't actually in our last couple of years, did yeah. we? But we'll anyway, explain that later. Yeah, say we, we've got the cabs. You get the big cabinet speakers on stage. You get the heads on. Guitarists set up their pedals or their cables. You get the mics done. So that, let's say the sound tech isn't even here yet. Yep. And we, we do all that, and then 
everything that you've brought in is usually in a case. So now you've got a load of empty cases. So yep. you have to find where they're going. And some venues do not have a place for the cases. This, this is one of the like biggest issues with smaller gigs, I think. Because Definitely. Not only have you got maybe five bands turning up with all their gear there's all the cases for the gear and it's where to put them yeah and if that venue doesn't have a designated backstage area it ends up getting like pushed to the side of the room do you remember that gig that we played in that venue i shall not name where we had to store it in a disabled toilet which obviously then rendered the disabled toilet totally out of use for the whole gig which i'm pretty sure is possibly illegal. illegal But yeah, uh, but well, yeah, that was uh, to be that fair. Was a fun one. So is having a lock-in in inverted commas and smoking indoors when a band's accommodation is the bar stools that you are meant to be sleeping on. Yes, bar stool accommodation—it's so much fun. You should try it. Uh, but yes, well, I think we have a again. lot more to talk about than we thought we did. <laughs> yeah, again, I think that's uh, that's another one we'll touch on in a future episode: how to break yeah. your back touring. So any okay, let's say that. We've got to the point that I was talking about that now I can't remember, but... You were saying about storing gear. Yeah, so let's say that the... No, the promoter's probably not there yet, is it? Oh, no, the promoter doesn't turn up. let's be fair. Yeah, they they are not there. They are not there yet. So maybe a venue worker, owner, person is wandering around, and you're like, oh, where's the gear store? And they go... No, no, they're like, oh, it's this room at the side of the stage. Everything can go in there. You open this, 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 this door to what you are hoping is <laughs> going to be a glorious, vacuous space, yeah, <laughs> of a room. And no, it's like a broom cupboard it's, from Harry Potter. It's it's very small. No, let's usually. say let's say it's the size of a king sized bed. Yeah, let's say it's e- a king- even that is sometimes generous, right, but you, can, you just you don't let me speak, do you? sorry i'm not used okay you talk down to you go kate let's say kate has the microphone uh, let's say it is the size of a king-sized bed but along each of the walls of this king-sized bedded room are stacked bar stools yep to the ceiling Yep. Or maybe a pool table or pushed even, to the back. Sometimes you might even find that you've brought all this backline all this way, and there might even be a house backline stored side of stage, and you think, oh, cool, awesome. Well, I've just lugged my backline 300 miles. So. To be fair, the kind of backline that might be available to you in that kind yeah, of place, it's, you it's might not usually, want to be yeah, using. Yeah, no, and, and that is a good point, actually. It is sometimes nicer just to use the gear that you know sounds good for you. Yeah. So and and traveling it is definitely worth it in most scenarios. But yeah, then you get all your get all your cases. Maybe you manage to fit some of them in that room, and some of them you put behind where the merch desk is gonna be as seating. Yeah, and then let's say the sound tech turns up, um, sets all the mics up. You get to do your sound check as you are sound checking. Maybe um, the other bands start to arrive. Yeah, usually about that time. So by this time, we're probably thinking like six p.m. Bear in mind, we've been here since half past four. Yeah, so, so let's, let's say it's six o'clock and some, some of the other bands are turning up and starting to bring all their gear yes. up into the room. And by this point, let's say the, the all the other bands are there with all of their gear. This room is full. Yeah. This room is absolutely full of cases and gear and you have no idea how all of that is going to fit in this tiny cupboard. And may I add, like, for anyone who's in a band listening to this and thinking, oh, my God, I have totally been in this situation, which is probably all of you, um, a really good tip that we worked out, which I know it sounds common sense, uh, but it's not, 
rotationally store your gear. So the first band on their gear, obviously when they come off stage, then goes to the back of the room because they don't need to use it again. So like the headline band, when they're putting their gear in initially after sound check, put it at the back of the room because the other bands are going to come off stage before you. So their gear needs to be near the front of the storage room. And it sounds really simple, but these are the kind of things that people don't really think about. Yeah, there's little things that can just make it all run a lot smoother that when you when you know about them or you've thought about them, you get really annoyed when they don't happen because you're like, this would be so much smoother if this band did this or if we'd have done this, yeah. maybe this would have been smoother. But the whole logistical side of gear and equipment, I think, is something that can really get to bands and really like... It could be stressful. Frustrate you and yeah. stress you out. It can definitely it be stressful, be. especially like... Another thing is like, you know, in a, in a, let's say an averagely sized, so this venue, the White Lung in the north of the country is probably, I don't know, let's say 175 capacity room. Okay. So that's not that big, but it's not teeny weeny. It's enough so that you could fill it and, you know, it would, it would look really pretty jam packed. It'd be a great show. So again, personally, some of my favorite venues yeah some of my favorite venues to play at that size um but my point was that obviously when you've got all this gear and you're trying to store all of this you know something that stresses bands out a lot is security of the gear like or how safe that gear is going to be if they're moving it around the room and when you come off stage in a venue like this you usually have to take it through the crowd so you know it's something again where these are all the little logistical things that can stress you out yeah, if there's, if there's no backstage room at all or no gear store and you are literally which is, set... Which is nine times out of ten. Yeah, and you're literally setting up at the back of the room and having to take your symbols on stands through the crowd and you they can't hear you ask them to move because... <laughs> like, excuse me! Well, yeah, because the music's, the, playing, the music's so. too loud. So you're literally just bashing people <laughs> with your stuff until We do feel move. bad for that, by the way. We <laughs> do. take we, out their we're, we're like, excuse me, excuse me. And usually it's a symbol stand, like Kate says, to the back of the knee. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, yeah, that can be stressful, especially if you've only got 15-minute changeover time and the band that's just coming off stage is setting packing their stuff down on stage. Yes, bands oh my gosh please for the love of god or goddess or whomever you believe in when you take your stuff off stage if there is a really short changeover take it off stage don't pack it down into the case on stage oh my god i can understand some people wanting to get it protected before taking it off stage if you've got really expensive gear you want to look after it but if you're really tightly confined to time if you can just pick your gear up take it to either the backstage room or the very back of the room, whatever space you have. Yeah, where, you, you, where have. you have time to put it in your cases. Yeah, then you can put it away, probably safer, and the other band can then load on. But anyway, we're at six o'clock. Okay, six o'clock, right. <laughs> six so, o'clock. Six o'clock brings sound check, right? So sound check, you play through a couple of songs and obviously the sound tech levels you as they think is best, depending on what you sound like and what they think you need to sound like. Obviously, as a band, it can be really hard as an underground band getting the right sound. Um, I think as well, the sound can change so much between sound check and being on stage because bodies in a room absorb some of the sound. It affects the acoustics of the room. Yeah. Not only that, but the stage sound itself. You could Mm -hmm. have a really good sound check where the stage is nice and quiet, 
you can hear what you need to hear and then it sounds good out front and then by the time four other bands have been on and the room is like full of people or half full of people or whatever and it's just a complete mess by the time you get on stage yeah and and something to mention as well again for gig goers it's very unusual that the band has any control over their out front of house sound while they're on stage uh sometimes they may have a manager with them that knows how they sound that can say oh by the way mr simon can you just push the vocals up a little bit or something like that but a lot of the time like kate says it is due to the shape of the room uh how many bodies are in there it may have sounded perfect at sound check the band's super happy with it then the room packs out with 150 people and all of a sudden no one can hear anything that's going off and that's really where you know obviously a good sound tech comes into the mix and i think we'll probably talk more about that in a future episode um but Future. Future. Uh, yeah, but so obviously sound check. The headline band normally get a full sound check. Then in a gig where you've got potentially three to five bands, usually the first band is the only other band that gets a sound check. So the bands on that are in between, uh, they get what's called a line check. So this is basically where just before they start playing their set, you plug everything in. And then the sound tech goes, right, okay, uh, play the guitar, yeah, cool. Play the bass, yeah, cool. Just smash around the kit, yeah, cool. Vocals, cool. Check, check, check. And then that's it. You start your set. So again, this is something where for people who are regular gig goers, if you're wondering why the second and third and maybe fourth bands don't sound quite as good as the first and, and the final band, then that can be the case. You can also take like a song and a half to two songs into this band's set for the sound tech to get things to a semi-good level and Mm. vocals are one thing that really struggle to cut through in a smaller gig environment with like different sort of sound equipment and stuff and the amount of time people will be like oh we can't hear the vocals different guitar tones god it can be anything can't it cymbal bleed like there's so many things in there and we really do there's so much we can talk about in these episodes right it's six (laughs) o'clock it's six o'clock there's some technical issues oh something happens a cable's not working the sound tech who is just using the venue stuff is it's broken anyway it's 20 past six and you've you're only just getting to play the song for them to sound check yeah you get through this song it's half past six the first band are ready to sound check doors are in half an hour no let's say half of the first band isn't here yet that's that's more likely to yeah happen. that's more likely that's yes more likely. that's a bugbear as well and let's if say you we, are in we... the first band the opening band Turn up when you are supposed to turn up. You stress me out, man. Yeah, by by this time we we've it's six o'clock and we've been out of the house since half past ten and that and you know it's, it's half already past six. six. It's half it's past half six. Pa- it's half past six, <laughs> not six. Oh my god! And you you get all your stuff off stage. You pack it down. Mm-hmm because there's no space to leave it set up and then the first band gets on and everything's running a little bit behind and then doors are at seven and it's five to seven and the band's only just sound checking so the doors get pushed yep and then all the bands all the stuff's everywhere it's, it's chaos, chaos. And it's carnage. stressful you're yeah. hungry i'm and, hungry and, and we're only at this point now getting time to set up merchandise which we don't want to set up after the people are in the room because So when you're obviously a headline band, your prime times for selling merchandise are at the start of the show, because then you get the people who desperately want it. They come up before anything, even before the first note is even played of the show, and they will buy whatever merch they want. And then obviously after each band finishes, 
then you get a little bit of a time to sell merch. And then at the end of your set, you get time to sell merch. So at this point, we're rushing around, setting up merch. You're starving hungry. I'm running on three energy drinks, five coffees. My bladder's fit to burst, which, yeah. by the way, I have a really tiny one. So that happens, you know, regularly. We managed to slip out and get some food, but it's not relaxing. No. You, it, because you're constrained by the time you want to get back and you yeah. want to be there for at least half of the first band set. Yeah. You don't want to be that band that fucks off and yeah. doesn't watch anyone which yeah, no. it, it's understandable if you do because you've been out it of the is. house since 10.30 it's, a whole day has gone past you've travelled this far and had all this stress mm-hmm. and you're tired and you've got work the next day Like it, it would be understandable to fuck off and have food somewhere Definitely. I and think, just come back I think it, and again you know this is a thing where it is it's tougher in venues that don't have a backstage area for the bands and I know bands get looked at negatively for not watching other band sets, but what you have to remember is sometimes if a band is on a 12 to 15 date tour and they've played seven shows already and they're shattered and they have to store up what energy they have left in the tank to play the show that you're about to watch, they're probably going to chill backstage, maybe maybe even catch a few Zs. Like, yeah. before they go on, they're going to eat. You have to be, you know, you do have to look after yourself on tour. And sometimes bands can be seen as being... Um, uninterested or disinterested by not watching the other bands however and it's ungrateful something, as and, well. and ungrateful and it is something that there are two sides to the the coin and the story and you have to just take into consideration the other aspects of what that headline band is probably dealing with obviously at that show so so anyway right so the doors have been pushed 15 minutes finally people start coming in we've set up merch we've scoffed a small bite to eat the first band is ready finally to kick off their set and you know things we managed to claw it back and they start on time at half past seven by which point the room is let's say quarter full okay so this is something where um the quarter full thing for me it saddens me a little bit sometimes that gig goers ask for the times that people are on stage before the gig um, and I do understand, obviously, from a work perspective, like if you're traveling after a day at work, especially on a Thursday, which is prime gig day. Um, but try to get to a show for when the first band starts their set, because as a first band, you're probably a pretty new band. Um, and it can be a little bit discouraging if you step on stage and there are five people in the room, especially when it's a show you've been really looking forward to. And the headline band are, let's say, relatively big. They can pull 100 people to a show in the north of the country. Like, that's, you know, as an underground scene goes, that's relatively big. Like, you know, you might have been really looking forward to that show, but then you only play to five of their fans. That makes it much, much harder for you to build your own fan base. And those fans that you're playing to might even be your fans in the first place. So as gig goes, I would definitely try and encourage people to get down for the first band. That doesn't mean you have to watch all of them, but at least then you've given them the time date and you never know, you might find your next favorite thing. Like, you know... And again, I think we'll probably touch on that again in a later episode. Complete side note, much appreciation for venues with kettles and microwaves. Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah, that is, can we just point that out as being, especially as vocalists, that is so awesome when that happens. We actually, we used to carry one in the van, didn't we? Like <laughs> yeah. one that we could plug into like the cigarette lighter, um, you know, like the nine volt 
charger thingy uh, because like for a vocalist like to have a hot drink earlier in the evening before you go on or like to steam your vocal cords or something like that that is so awesome just have a cup of tea or coffee I like it it's really good anyway bands have played some bands yes. you're about to get onto stage somewhere along the lines things have slipped and run behind schedule and let's what time would we meant to be going on let's okay so half past nine Let's no, say, that's never going to happen. Seven doors, five bands, half nine. Oh, be... five bands. Okay, quarter past ten. Quarter past ten would be the very earliest that we could get on stage. It's quarter to eleven and the, the, the main support... The, yeah. Let's say it's quarter to eleven and the main support band is just starting their last song. That happens. It's, yeah, it it's does quarter happen. to eleven. You're not getting on stage until like ten past eleven. What's the latest we've been on stage? Half twelve? Oh, at least... Uh, there was one where we Half nearly midnight. refused to play because it was so late. And and the problem then comes, guys. People is, leave. Yeah, people leave. They have public to get public transport. transport. Yeah, you know. Usually last buses were like half 11 at night-ish, maybe, depending on what area of the country you're in. So, yeah, you know, late gigs are not good gigs. It makes it real stressful for the bands. Like, if you're a promoter, please do take note of that. Um, but, yeah, the uh, yeah, let's say, okay, it's quarter quarter to 11, right? The Let's last, say we're on band. On last, band? last song <laughs> of the main support. So the main support is obviously the band that's on before the the final band, the headline yeah, band. Yeah. Let, let's say it's eleven and we're getting on stage, ready to start a forty-five minute set. Well, well, at this point we've cut it down. We've yeah. cut some songs. Yeah. Out. Usually, what you'll tend to find is that obviously, if the headline band gets on stage half an hour late, they're going to have to cut some songs. At most venues as well, you do have a curfew. A curfew. Like, they don't allow bands on stage. On stage? On, on, spage? on stage. <laughs> on stage. I don't know what stage is, but maybe we should create something. Anyway, um, yeah, the uh, the venue normally has a curfew where their license only allows bands to play up until a certain time, which is not really very good if you're the headline band. You've travelled four hours for this show. However, you know, acquiescingly, you drop three songs, you cut your set down to half an hour, which matches what the main supporters played before you. So yeah, you get on stage, you rock out, you have the best 30 minutes of the entire day, um, or, or for me, certainly oh, the yeah. best 30 minutes of the entire day, and I think most musicians will agree that's the best bit about being in a band. Oh yeah, it's what makes it worth it. Yeah, definitely, because, and, and how crazy is this? This day is now like 12, 13, 14 hours long, and we're only just getting on stage. Just getting on stage. Like, you know, so you play your 30, 30 minutes on stage, and then that's it. It's done. You know? And it was awesome. But then what do you do next? Well, pack next, down. next you pack down. And usually what you tend to find is the front person of the band or whomever is probably most chatty in the band will go to the merch store. Yeah. Uh, and they'll stand on there obviously selling merch. You might be lucky enough that you've got a roadie or a merchie with you. Um, and again, we'll chat more about that and crew in the future. Um, but yeah, we've played the show. We're se- selling a little bit of merch. Then it's kind of, you pack down, the guests all leave. And it takes longer to pack down than you might think if mm. you're providing the entire Especially when you're tired. Line. Yeah, you're tired. You've, you've been up at whatever time. You've left the house at half ten. It's now quarter to midnight and you're packing everything back into cases that you've now got a jigsaw out of the storage room all the other bands will have already left at this point yeah that's which yeah. makes it a bit easier for packing down but your cases will have got moved in yeah. the process and you have so to you're find finding them, the cases finding yeah. the cases putting stuff there and then you've got to take the, them all the way down that on a side note flight. 
again, for bands that are just coming into the gigging scene, mark your cases. Yes. Put your band name on your cases. Even even if you don't put your whole band name on it, put like a, a luminous pink bit of tape on it or you put something on it so that you know that it's yours so that even if you shine a light in that room, you know that's your case. Because occasionally bands do get confused and they pick up the wrong case. So if it's obviously blasted with your name or your band name, that's not going to happen. But, yeah, even after you've got everything in the cases, it's not a straight-out-the-venue job. There'll be people hanging around that you need to interact with and speak Mm -hmm. to because they've enjoyed the show, and that's the point. Like, you're there to make fans and interact with the fans that you have, otherwise they're not going to come back, Like, and they're not going to enjoy it. And I think that really brings us pretty much to the end of this episode in terms of the point of playing a gig. Is making music and making fans and touring around the country or the continent or the world doing the thing that you love. And in amongst it all, enjoying it. Like, all the things that make it stressful, like... Are worth it. Are worth it. Yeah, we wouldn't do it if it wasn't worth it. But it's not an easy ride. And after you've got everything down the stairs, you have to repack (laughs) the van. Which is like Tetris. It's like... You're already exhausted and you've got to carry all that heavy stuff down the stairs, get it into the van, have a, f- a four-hour drive home, and you're back at 4am and then you've got work in the morning. And that is the reality of it. But, again... The... Why aren't you staying out and partying? What? Come for some drinks. Yeah. No! <laughs> yeah, i got to say, so, uh, yeah, we really appreciate all the offers over the years of, like, please, come out and party with us, come have some drinks. What you guys don't realise is that most, we smell. most of the time we are shattered. Like we're, we're tired, we're sweaty, we smell. Like uh, one of us is probably, or two of us is sharing the next drive, which could be another two to three to four hours. Like, you know, and again, being in the UK, we're lucky the drives are relatively short in comparison to the rest of the world. Uh, but it's still, it stacks up. And certainly, obviously, if we're having to get back for work the next day, you know, because... Because it's a Thursday. It's a Thursday and we all have jobs. Let's be realistic here. We all have jobs. But yeah, like, you know, for those of you that have never been in a band and have never played a show, that, as chaotic as that sounded, that is nearly every single show. Nearly. Yeah, to be fair, I think regardless of what venue and where it is, that's that is how it basically goes. it. Yep. Yeah, like, and the biggest thing is getting there and just praying that there is a green room or backstage room. <laughs> or even a sound tech. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've turned up We've turned no up to shows before. with no sound tech. We've turned up to a show with no PA system before. Oh, my God. And it was like playing a rehearsal. <sighs> However. Oh, yeah, I forgot to book the sound tech, thanks. Yeah, that's great. We've turned up where I've actually been driving for a band before and I have been the sound tech for their show where there was a PA but no sound tech and like you know on the underground music scene there are a lot of curveballs and you have to just remember to to just kind of catch them and throw them back with twice the vigor like you know if you want to be in this game this is what it's like and it doesn't really ever let up, not until the point where you make it past the underground scene. And this whole situation that we've just sort of described... You Chaotic. Could, <laughs> you could go through all of that and there could be five people that turn up to this show. Yeah, or one or two. We actually did travel to a show six hours and there was one person that turned up. But you know what? We played the show like we would to a thousand people. 
Because at the end of the day, that's the kind of point of this, right? Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter where you are, no. who you're playing to, nope. how many people are, nope. are there, how long it's taken you to nope. get there, how shitty you feel, nope. how many hours you did not sleep for the night before. If you Regardless, can play the show, yeah. you should give everything to that show. Yeah, you play it like it is the best show in the best venue to the best people ever. Yeah, and that's what makes you a good band. Leave it there. Yeah, I think that's good. We've bored you guys enough. Please feel free to uh, listen to the next one. Ciao! Oh, bye!